PR. Today's daf is daf Samach Dalid. Rabbi Zevlev had a major surgery today, so we're going to learn today's daf for a full shlema for Zev Yaakov Moshe Ben Chaya. For a full shlema. Okay, we're holding three lines from the bottom of Samach Gimel Amid Beis. So just to recap quickly, what we're talking about over here is that we were learning that there's a special leniency that's called Tumas HaTahom. That Tumas HaTahom, that means if there was a body or part of a body that was submerged, it was uh, covered, and it was not known by any human being that that body was there or that piece of the body was there, under certain circumstances, even if somebody became Tomei, walked over it and became Tomei, we give the person a pass that it will not affect retroactively the person. The two examples, the two cases really that we learned, Salah Sinai, is a Nazir. That if a Nazir had come into contact with uh, a Tumas Atahom and then gone through his Holtaglachas, Gone, gone through everything, and then they found out retroactively on day 15, you had uh, passed over to Mr. Home, he does not have to count his Nazirus again. Uh, the uh, second example was somebody who brought his Korban Pesach and then found out that, no, that, that uh, he was actually your Tomei because you had gone over to Mr. Home. We don't make him have to repeat the Korban Pesach, his Yotze, with the Korban Pesach. Now, the uh, Mishnah, in giving us examples of what's considered to Mr. Home and not, or what's not considered to Mr. Home, talked about somebody that goes into a cave that has a pool of water to uh, immerse oneself uh, in there. So it says that uh, if the person, let's say you're just taking a dip, happens to be going in for taking a dip there, and he notices a body floating by the mouth of the cave, now, it wasn't clear had that body entered the cave or not entered the cave. If it entered the cave, then you have a problem of ohel. If it did not enter the cave, Tumas says that's for sure going to be a problem of, is the person going to become Tomei under that circumstance? Because that's not Tumas at the home. A body floating on a river, and therefore is, is Tumas Tzof uh, mind that's considered a problem of Sofek Tumas ohel. Sofek Tumas Shusayochid, it's considered a Shusayochid, is going to be Sveiko Tomei. That person is going to become Tomei. If the body had been submerged, buried beneath the bottom of the cave, then you can start talking about being Tumas Tzadom, but not when it's floating. Today we're going to learn that there is a special category called Tumat Safa, that it's based on Psukim, there is a leniency for Tumas Safa, that sometimes that even if it is a Sophic Tuma, and it's even in Rishusa Yochid, but certain categories that are, that, that are, are called Tumas Tzofa, floating Tuma, they're given as leniency, Legabe the Sophic. Why is it a leniency? Because if it's a Rishusa Yochid, there should be no leniency given. We should say for sure the person became Tome. But based on Sukkim, we're going to see that there is a leniency in certain cases for a Tuma Tzofa, a floating Tuma. That's what we're going to be talking about. So let's see it inside. It says more like this. Says uh, the That's the case. That's the example. The That's the That should be the rest of the Mishnah. Now, tzofa, a floating tuma, ain't a metama le'inyan sheretz. Concerning sheretz is where the psukim 
are talking about. Now, Sheretz, bear in mind, the Sheretz cannot become Tomei Tumas Oho. Sheretz, the way one becomes Tomei with the Sheretz is Davka Tumas Mago, by contact. So in a case of a Tumas Mago, like Sheretz, if it's a floating Tumor, there you're given the pass, Suffolk Tumor by a Sheretz Tzofa, or by anything that's a floating thing that's a shile of a Tumas Mago, we will say Sveika Tor, if you don't know for sure if you came into contact with it or not. So therefore, Suffolk Tumas Tzofa Bein Bechelim. Now the Tanakhama holds, whether the Sheretz is floating inside a man-made container, a Kli, if it's a natural depository of water that the sheretz is floating on. The sheretz are one of the eight uh, types of crawling items that are mentioned. If they're carcass, you come into contact with the carcass, it makes you tome. Not every bug that you touch makes you tome, but if it's one of the shmona shrotsim, some of them are rodents, lizards, etc. But there, if you come into contact, it makes you tome. If it's a suffix that you come into contact and it's floating, there the halacha is you stay tohor. Right, and it makes no difference, says the Tanakhama, whether it's floating on water inside a kli or water that's on top of land. It's tahora. Rav Shimon disagrees with that. He says that this leniency of Tumat Safa is only if it is on a natural body of water. But if it's in water that's inside a kli, that's not considered to be tumat, the, the heter of Tumat Safa, and it's a suffix, if you touch that sheritz or not, or something else touched that sheritz or not, in that case you'll have to follow the stringency of suffix Tumat B'Shus HaYochid, will be Sveika Tomek. Now, my time at the Tanakama, where does the Tanakama get this distinction? Any sheret that floats, if it's a suffix, whether you touched it, you're given a pass, even if it's on water inside a kli. What is it based upon? So, Gmona says like this. So, because we have two psukim referring to shratzim. Now, what are the two psukim? I'm going to read them out to you, show you the problem, and then we're going to see how to reconcile it. The first one, it says, V'chol asheretz asheretz ala aretz, sheketsu lo ye'achel. So, the first one says like this, it says, V'chol asheretz asheretz ala aretz, it's considered to be a, uh, a, 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 any swarming, any sheretz that's sheretz, any bug that swarms, is considered to be a sheket, it's considered to be, uh, it's disgusting, and it cannot be consumed. Now, even though we're playing, because it's, 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 it's considered tomei, it makes you tomei, we're over there somebody actually eating, not necessarily, but we're, we're using that. So what the Gemara's drasha is like this, the starts of saying, chol sheretz ashoretz, chol sheretz ashoretz is mashma, anywhere it swarms. Anywhere it swarms could even be on water. Meaning, of course, on land, of course, in the sky, but even on water, you could have a swarm of shrotzim, even on water. But then the Torah then goes ahead and becomes very specific. It says, Davka al ha'aretz. So, Lechorah, how do we reconcile? Why is it that one place it's mashma, any way it swarms, it can transmit tumor if it's dead? And one place it's mashma, that, any, that the only place where sheretz swarms is it able to transmit tumor is where? Dafka al is Dafka on land. So, how do you reconcile that? So, therefore, says the Gemara. Uh, so therefore, it says, any place it could swarm, even on water. On the other place, it says, how do you reconcile this apparent inconsistency? So therefore, it, the difference is like this. Let me say it outside. We'll see it inside. The one's going to say, if you for sure came in contact with it, so then it makes no difference. 
Did it? Did you touch it in on the water? Did you touch it on the ground? When it's vadai maga, when you for sure touch, it's always tame. The leniency is is that other than if if it's a suffix whether you touched it, so then it's a suffix whether you touched it. It's only tame if it's on the ground. But if it's floating on water, so then you have the leniency of saying that it'll be sveika tahor, even if it is in a rishus ayochid. That's the key point over here. Because rishus arabim always say sveika tahor. But even in rishus ayochid, where we normally say sveika tame, so therefore the reconciliation of these of these two clauses in the posseg <coughs> is where the Tanakhama learns that there's a difference between a suffix uh, 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 of, of a maga, of a, of a sheretz, Sofa, if it's on water or if it's on ground. That's the Tanakama. Okay, now, what about Rav Shimon? Rav Shimon disagreed with the Tanakama. Rav Shimon held that the only time we say that a floating sheretz, you have a leniency of, of Tumat Sofa, is only if it's in a natural body of water. But if it would be inside a Kli, he holds that it, uh, it's the same thing as on the ground. Where does he, wh- why does he disagree with the Tanakama on this? So Rab Shimon says, my time, I'll go to for Rab Shimon. He says like this, because the Pasuk says in Vayikra Yud Aleph as well, it says, Ach mayan avor mayim It says, a spring or a well of water, these are all natural bodies of water, that's when it's Tahar. But if you touch their carcasses, it's yitma, it makes you tame. Now, what does the Pasuk mean? It means that if it's a body of water, you're tahor. But if you touch their carcass, it's tame. So what he understood it means like this, that if the floating takes place on a natural body of water, so therefore, so if, it, if it's a suffix whether you touch it, if, if you touch it, for sure it's tahor. If it's a suffix whether you touched it on a natural body of water, it's tahor. But if it's not a natural body of water, then yitma, then, then, that's, then you don't have that leniency, and it's tame. That's the way he darshins the posuk. So Amr, uh, so he says Amr Ulak Siv Achmayon. On one hand, it says Achmayon. It says that you'll be tahor. And Siv at the end of the posuk it says that you could touch the nivlasa and yitma. Hakate said how you reconcile the two. One is tough of the kalim, then it's tame. But it's uh, uh, but if it's uh, the karka, if the water is on ground, not inside a kli, then it will be a suffix, in such a case it will be tahor. Okay, a side point, basically, the saying is that we just want to come out with the concept, there is a leniency of floating tumor in cases of what type of transmission? In the case where it's a tumas mago. Now, the way most Rishonim learn this, not like the Rambam, but they learn the same thing would be by, tumor, by a, a, a kazais mace is that if a mace is floating on water, the, you will say it's only a suffix, suffa will be tahor, if the question was whether did I touch it. But if the Shiloh was whether I had ohel over it or it had ohel over me, then you won't get that leniency because it's being learned out from Sheretz. And Sheretz is only a Shiloh of Maga. It's never a Shiloh Gabe Ohel. The Rambam learns that this leniency was never given in any way to Tom and Mace. It was only given by Sheretz, which is why the Gro, we're going to see, changes the, the, the Girs of Al Gemara about four or five times to accommodate the reading of the Rambam. Let's see the next Brysa. Tan Rabonin, Kolanitolin Vanigrorin, any tumor that has been carried or dragged, Sveikan Tome, that in such a case, if it's a Rishusa Yochid and it's a Sofeik, did they come into contact with another person or another object, it's a regular case of Sofeik Tumor Rishusa Yochid, and it is considered to be 
Tommy. Why? Because even though they're in, in, they're moving, but they don't have a din of Tumas Tzofo because they're being controlled or handled by a person, and the person is considered to be on the ground. Therefore, that, that, we look at that Tuma as if it is on the ground. We don't look at it like it is floating. Right? Because it's considered like they're resting. Any, any, any Tumas Mago. Okay, we're going like the Rishonim. Any case of Tumas Mago. He's carrying it? He's, either, 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 one person's carrying it, so he's for sure Tommy. The question is, did it touch someone else? Or did it touch other food or something like that? Now, Nizrokin, if the Tuma is being thrown through the air, right? So then, Sveikan Tahar, the Rosh explains that thrown through the air is considered like Tzafa Alamayim. Tzafa, because it's now, even though it's being propelled by a human being, but on the air, it's considered like floating on the water. And if it's a Suffake, did it come into contact? Again, Shiloh's contact, not Ohel. Did it come into contact with a, either another food or another human being? In a case where it's floating through the air, it's like floating on the water, and it will be considered, Sveikan will be Tohor. Chut min kazayas hameis v'amayel al Except for, in the case where it is mail al hameis, where the, let's say it's a piece of dead body that, uh, uh, it's two different cases. Except when you're throwing a kazaisa mace, and the question was, did the kazaisa mace go over someone? Now, in such a case, that's the Shiloh of Ohel. So, Shiloh of Ohel, you don't have a Sveika Tahoran, or a Mile Al Pnea or the Shiloh is the other way. Did the person go over? Like, or well, the object was being thrown was a tar object, did it go over a mace? So therefore, in such a case, even though the object that's tahar is floating through the air, but it's a Shiloh of Ohel. The Rush points out that the case of floating could be either the object is floating or the tumor is floating, but it only always only a, a leniency if it's a contact issue, not if it is an Ohel issue. Right? So, mm-hmm. Or, there are other types of tumors which don't require direct contact. For example, a zava, zava, a nida, yeledes, that they have a din that if they, let's say, are, there's a mattress lying on top of them, and you have ten mattresses piled up on top of it, the tumor permeates all the way through. Or the opposite. If they're lying on top of a mattress and there's ten mattresses below, so that's considered, therefore, if they, the tumor is a tumor that's metame milamata milamala kilamata from on top like from on the bottom without direct contact, again, there is no leniency of tumat sofa in such a case. In such a case, even if an object was thrown through the air and didn't touch the mattress, didn't touch the mattress, it would not help you in such a case because the situation over there that we're dealing with a tumor over there is not a, di- a tumor that's transmitted directly. And if it's not a tumor that's being transmitted directly, you don't have the leniency of Tzava, that last case of examples of that is including case of Zava, the Zava, the Zava, the Yoledis, the, 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 the uh, Nido will be included as well. Okay, fine, separate point. Let's go on to the new Shilas now. These are quite interesting Shilas that I was going to ask. Either the, either the Kezai Samez was being thrown or the Tahar object was being thrown. And it did it come into contact? Not necessarily. If the question is not if it went over it, but did it touch it? It doesn't have to be Ohel. If it's a question of Ohel, you're right, then it doesn't apply. If it's a question of Maga, then it would apply. Right? That's the difference. We, 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 did it hit it? Not if it created Ohel. Okay. Boy Rami Barchamo. 
Rami Yochama has the interesting Shaila here. He says, Meis bekli bekli We had this in Masech Shabbos. I don't know if people remember all the way back then. But we had this in Masech Shabbos, the second Masech that we learned. The question over here is, you have a Kazai's mace that's inside a Kli. And the Kli is floating on the water. And the question was, did someone or something touch the Kazai's mace. Again, let's make it a Maga, it's a Maga Shiloh. Did something or someone touch the mace? Now let's analyze this for a moment. The relationship between the Kli and the water is floating. The relationship between the mace and the Kli is Munach. It's touching the... The mace is resting in the kli. Right. It's the kli that's floating. So how do we define this? Is this considered to be a tumatsafa or not a tumatsafa? When we look at this scenario, do we uh, define it by the relationship between the kli and the water? Or do we define it between the kazayas and, uh, uh, of, the, of the mace and the kli? Fascinating Shiloh. So that's Morris' question. So therefore... Uh, now I'm gonna go here with the gears of the rush and the tosa, so bear with me carefully here in the in the in the shot. So by Ramuchama, Mais Bakhli Bakhli Tsafopneamayim. Mahu, what's the halocha? Basar Kliazlinan, do we view it in relationship to the Kli? Now if we view this in relationship to the Kli, what would that mean? That this would be a Tumat Safa. We'd be able to look at it as a Tumat Safa, and a Safik Maga would be considered tar even in Roshusayochid. Oh, Basar Misa Azlinan. Or do we have to look at it vis a vis the piece of mace? And the piece of mace is considered Munach inside the Kli. Now, Imtim Tzaloma, here comes the gears of change. Imtim Tzaloma, love Basar Kli Azlinan. Now, if you want to tell me, no, we don't look at it as with, uh, in relationship to the Kli, which means that we look at the mace as if it's resting in the Kli, and therefore there w- this would not be a Tumat Safa situation. What if it be mace al-gabe sheretz? Let's say you have, you've got your dead rat floating on the water, and a kazai's mace is on top of the dead rat. Okay? And now the shile is that someone touch the dead, the, 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 dead, the dead mace. Why would that be a bigger, a dead mace is matama for seven days. The sheretz underneath it is only matama for one day. Now the question is, I guess it's, in, it's a suffix in the Rishusa Yochid. Now the big shail is, it's a, tom, a mago situation. If we say suffix to Rishusa Yochid is, a, 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 that this is a tumas tzafa situation, so it says tahar. If it's not, now again, we can have the same shaila. Do we look at it vis-a-vis the, 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 the rat or the, now we already said that we don't look at it, the mace is considered resting in the kli. So lechora you would have to say therefore the mace is also resting on the rat. But on the other hand, since both objects here are tame, so maybe we can look at it as one shtick tumma. We look at it like one piece of tumma. And since we can look at it one piece of tumma, then it can say floating. What's the reason not to be able to look at one piece of tumma? No. What's the reason not to be looking at one piece of tumma? Because it's different kinds of tumma. One's a seven-day tumma, one's a one-day tumma. So maybe that does not allow you to fuse it together and look at it as one piece of tumma. It's up only by Shara. No, no, no. The Russian, it applies to all maga. Even maga of a mace, it applies. That's the gears we're going with. If take a look at those little olives and bays, the gra keeps changing, but that we're going with the right gears through here. So Mars is like this, the gears of Agamar. So Mais al Gabe Sheretz Mahu. Kevin the high Tumas Erev, Vai Tumas Shiva. 
do we say that uh, that on one hand one is a one day tumor and one is a seven day tumor? So therefore, this should be no different. It's command machto tumor bekli damya. Then it's like the case of the of the mace inside the kli, which means we have to look at it as if it's munach because you can't look at it as one. You have to look at it as two different entities, and therefore the top entity is really considered resting on the bottom entity, and therefore it doesn't help you for tumor suffer. Oh, dilma tumma samichtahi, or it's like one shtick tumma, one thick tumma. So therefore, and this is considered one piece of tumma, and therefore it's all resting on the water, and you would invoke the leniency of tumma's tzafa. All these shalas are based on the Tanakhama before? Now, if you want to say, that if you want to say over here is, uh, I'm sorry, I, 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 I skipped the line. Uh, no, no. So, if you want to say, that yes, that distinction between these two items are so clear. One's a one-day tumor, one's a seven-day tumor, and therefore we have to look at it as two separate entities. And once you look at a separate entity, the top one's resting on the bottom one, and therefore you cannot say that this is a case of tzofa, as tumor tzofa. What happens if we make it a sweeten the pot a little bit? No uh, uh, pun intended. But let's say you have a ta- ta- let's, and, and therefore it would be tame vada, and therefore you'd have to say in the case we said before, it's a sophic tumor, which is vadai, because b'shusa yochid. But let's say the case is sheretz al gabe nevela. Let's make it. You have a sheretz floating on a vase. You got your dead lizard that's floating on your uh, yeah. your unslaughtered your, your 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 cow that wasn't slaughtered correctly. So now both of them are one day tumor. So now therefore, since they're both one day tumor, so therefore maybe we do look at it as one tumor, or we'll see. Maybe not. So why is it like this? So therefore, sheretz al gabe nevela the nevela tzafa and the nevela is floating on the water. Mahu came in the trovai. Tumas Erev Inun, since they're both evening tumas, one day tumas, and therefore tumas amichtahu, we can look at it as one tumma. And since we can look at it as one fused tumma, therefore what? It's considered floating on the water, and it's okay. Oh, deal, Mahai Kazais, Vakadosha. It's still considered intrinsically different because a sheret is matama with a shear of a lentil. A, uh, a nevela is matama with a shear of a kazais. And therefore, maybe that makes them too different. They're too different to be able to view them as a package deal. And therefore, it's still considered two separate entities. And therefore, it's still considered like tumma uh, 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 floating uh, uh, on a clee. Within a clee and the clee floating on the water. So therefore, uh, therefore, so therefore, that doesn't help you. But what happens if you have a sheretz al gabi sheretz? So you have a, two dead rats, one dead rat lying on top of another dead rat. So here you have, they're both one-day tumors, and they're both Shiraz Kazayas. So therefore, you have here, would that now be viewed as one tumor, or do we still say it's two separate entities? Because in reality, it is two separate entities. So Mahu, what's that? And the suffix would be, if I touch the top one, did I, did I touch the top one or not? Would that be, would I have the leniency of the, the bottom one, it's would have, for sure is a problem of too much, it's no problem because you have too much soft on the bottom one. Our question is, maybe you touch the top one. That's the problem over here. So what is it there? So, Hani Vadai Chad Now, this for sure should be viewed as one entity, one measure, and therefore, in, in such a case, it would be too much and you'd be Tahar. 
Or else you could say, listen, it's very nice that in uh, that you that conceptually you want to look at this like one tumor, but practically, pragmatically, it's still two different pieces. It's still two different entities, and since it's still two different entities, therefore what? We should still look at the top one resting on the bottom one and not resting directly on the water. Now. Even if you want to tell me, okay, fine, I understand that you can say that there's too much of a separation between two different shrotsim. Two rats is still two rats, not one rat. I can hear that. Since they are actually separate entities from one another, the top one's considered like resting in a kli. And since it's considered resting in a kli, you don't have the heter of Tumasafa. Sheretz al Gabe Nevela Shinimucha Mahu. Here the one has an interesting child. What happens if the top Sheretz is resting on a liquefied Nevela? The Nevela became like liquid. So now, since the Sheretz is resting on the liquefied Nevela, we could argue that it's considered like floating, because maybe the fact that the Nevela itself has become liquid, it's not considered to be interposing between it's, uh, the, the uh, Sheretz on top and the water. It's considered floating because it's on the liquefied Nevela. What would be doing like that? Since it liquefied, it's considered like a liquid. And since it's considered like a liquid, it's considered that then the sherets is considered actually like it is directly floating on the water. Oh, Dilma, hi, Uchlahu. Or you could argue, now, even though it was liquefied, but since its origin is food, we don't view it as a mashka, we view it as a food, and therefore it is considered interposing between the sherets and the water. Okay, let's go next. So, fine. Maybe you'll tell me if something's a liquid that comes from a solid, it's considered to be a liquid, it's considered a solid, not a liquid. So then, sheretz al gabe shechvazera mahu. What if you have shechvazera floating on the water and a sheretz floating on top of the shechvazera? On here, on one hand, on one hand, you could argue that this wasn't necessarily coming from food. So if it wasn't coming from food, we can view it as a liquid, and therefore it should be floating on a liquid. What's the uh, now? What's the the reason not to say that. Now, this is not so passionate. It's not clear. I'll just tell you what I think it's saying. But it's saying is since at the end of the day that this, uh, uh, this Zera was ejected from a body, was ejected from a body, it doesn't give us the right to look at it as a liquid. Now, the Rishonim all speak it out. What they mean exactly is hard to say. But they see, we see that Dam is considered like a liquid, or urine is considered to be like a liquid. So, Lechara, what's the difference between Dam that comes from a body, and urine comes from a body, and Sheikh Vazera comes? So why? Because it's ejected from a body, should it make a difference by Sheikh Vazera that it's not viewed as a liquid, by the other two it is. So they say the difference is that, that, that urine... Uh, it gathers together within the bladder. And blood, it's stored as a liquid within the body. Sheikh Vazera doesn't actually come together as a, an information until it actually is being ejected from the body. It doesn't, it's, not, it's not collected as a liquid in the body and then is uh, ejected as a liquid. It actually forms as it is being expelled. 
And therefore, that may be, therefore, it never, it never had the definition in the body as a liquid. Since it never had the definition in the body as a liquid, maybe we don't look at it as a liquid as it leaves, when it leaves the body. It needs a little bit more of a hesper, but that's what I was trying to say is, therefore, maybe Shekhar Vazir is not considered to be a liquid. And therefore, it's considered to be on Kevin Misakre, Havale Ki Uchla, Ki Uchla. We view it as a solid, as a, as a, and we don't view it as a liquid. Now, all right, says more a final one. Sheretz al-gabe mechatas. Let's say you have your dead sheretz floating on mechatas. Mechatas is the water that was, from the, that was mixed with the ashes of the paraduma. Right, u-mechatas, and it's the mechatas that's soften al-gabe ha-mayim. Mahu, what's the halacha? What's the shaila here? Because the mechatas thickens a little bit because of the ashes that are added to it. Do we say that it, since it thickens, we don't view it anymore as a liquid, and therefore it interposes between the sherets and the water, or maybe not? Tomorrow says, Lo Yadina, and we don't know. And on all of these shilas, it is a take. It's unresolved. What, the, the nevela we asked before, the real nevela, and then we change it to liquid nevela. Yeah. What does that help? Because then maybe then it's not considered, it's not considered like part of the water. It's liquid and liquid. It's, it's, it's not a problem, the nevela is tumbling. Then we don't have to even discuss that. If it's considered like a liquid, and you don't have to come on to difference. Even if nevela is similar to sherry, you have another problem. We don't know. They, we said that if it's considered, maybe that might not be considered like a liquid. If it's not considered like a liquid, then you have the original problem. Right. All right. Let's go weiter. Home stretch. Amar Nuna. Nazir ve'osa Pesach. So we have like this. Tumas at the home. We have that we explained when you have the leniency of Tumas at the home. What Rav Amnuna is saying is like this. What happens if you had a Nazir that was Tomei? Okay, so as part of being Tomei, he has to get sprinkled on the third and seventh day. All right. He has his taglachas actually on the seventh day. For taglachas of Tumah, you have it on the seventh day. And then you bring korbanas on day eight. All right? He has taglachas. And so he has sprinkling third and seventh. He goes to the mikveh. He has taglachas. He brings korbanas on day eight. Or you have somebody who became Tom and Mace. And on day third and seventh, in both these cases, the... The, the situation was that the, uh, the seventh day, in the case of the Karim Pesach, the seventh day was Erev Pesach. The seventh day was Erev Pesach, or Labdav, it was the seventh day that he became Tahar, he went through the process, he brought his Karim Pesach, the Nazir, went through Taglachas of Tumah, and then he counted his 30 days, and then he did Kaldav's Tahara. Somebody gets a phone, he get, this guy gets a phone call, you know, on October 31st, you went over to Masata home. He looks at the calendar. It ended up being the seventh day of his purification pro- process from Tomei Mace. Seventh day of his purification from Tomei Mace. Now, the question is, if he now, Taka, became Tomei Vadai, Tumas Ohel, that would, in, in the case of the Nazir, knock everything off. That means his whole Nazirus was done incorrectly. And also, in the case of Karbeza, then he would be, couldn't be counted with Karbeza. We have to bring Pesach Sheni, perhaps. So, what's the din? Says Rav Amruna, no. Nazir ve'osa Pesach shahol chuba kever hatahom. That were, they, were, they were walking, they walked over a grave that was buried deep, deep beneath, a, a, a natural burial, not a... a that, it's that? No, Vadai. They went over Vadai came to home. Beshvi Shalahem. On their seventh day of their Tahara process, 
Tahorin concerning the Karm Pesach and concerning the Nazirus, we look at it as if they did it the Tahara and it doesn't impact on them. My time, what's the reason? Because the Tumas home is not strong enough to forfeit their bringing of the Karm Pesach or their counting of their new Nazirus that followed afterwards. So asks the Gemara very stark Akasha. We learned yesterday in the Mishnah, we learned that Tumas Atahom only helps for somebody, the leniency of Tumas Atahom, only someone else, if he is in a Cheskas Tahara, if he is in a presumptive state of being Tahar. But somebody that encountered Tumas Atahom, that he said if he went into the mikvah to be Tovah, let's say for Tumas Mace, or he was going in to, he was part, and he had a presumptive state of being Tomei at the time anyway, on that, the Allah Messina is that he will not have the leniency of Tumas Atahom. Now, on the seventh day, it's true, it's the last day of his purification process, but Lechora asks uh, 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 Rava, is that, why should he not be considered still Becheska's Tumah, and since it's considered Cheska's Tumah, it should be so, sir, his Nazirus. It should be so, sir, the carbon Pesach that he brought. Because Tumas at the home should not apply to this fellow, the leniency of Tumas at the home, because he was a Cheska's Tumah, not a Cheska's Tahara. That's the question <coughs> Rav is asking. Both cases were Tumas Amaze. The case of Nazir and Karim Pesach were Tumas Amaze. They both were cases, Tumas Amaze. So, Masiv Rava. So, Rava has the following question. In our Mishnah, we said, Yaradli Taher mi Tumas Amaze. If the person in our Mishnah was a case, with a case over there was that he was going in for his purification for his Tumas Amaze. And then he came into contact with Tumas Atahom. Tome, it will impact negatively on him. Because maybe it was Tome after. He was day seven. I don't understand asking. The Mishnah says that he was Tome at the time they went in right. and he came in into contact. This, in, this case. in this case, it's the seventh day of his Tahara process. So of course, he was. It was the seventh day from being Tome Mace. It's getting Tahara from Tome Mace right. in our but case. Maybe, but maybe he went to that to home before the before he became. No, the seventh day, day is when he seventh. came into contact with Tumas to home. That's the case of Rav Namnuna saying right. So why is it like this? So now Yorad why does our Mishnah say, why is he Tome? What happened to the leniency of Tume? If you got a presumptive state of Tume, it doesn't help you. You blind, you stay Tome. It's only when you're Tahar, when you are a Tahar person, that the Tumas at home does not affect you and you remain Tahar. So therefore, Rava, according to Argirsa, is asking Rava Amnuna. Why are you saying that Tumas Atom applies to a guy who is on his purification the seventh day? Lechora on his seventh day, he's still considered, would, should be considered Cheska's Tumah. So Amalei, so Rav Amnuna said to him, he said, listen, let's talk about what happens to this guy on the seventh day. What happens to this guy on the seventh day, he goes to the mikvah and he has a taglachas, he has a shaving. The eighth day has to bring his korbanas. Now the korbanas that he brings is not really rela- related to the tumah purpose. That's only to restart the clock for his nazirus. So he says like this, I agree with you. If this guy did not yet take his haircut... The Nazir on his seventh day did not yet take his haircut, then I don't say that he's left his Cheskas Tumah to Cheskas Tahara. So I, there I will agree with you. But on, on the seventh day, he already went to the mikvah and he already had his Taglachas. So even though he still has to, we'll see, he still has to have hair of Shemesh, he still has to wait till nighttime. But I consider already, once he already took his Taglachas, 
He's already shifted from his cheskas tuma to his cheskas tahara, and that's why he's able to get the leniency. So there, I will agree with you. Your question is, I still understand cheskas tuma. I agree. If he hasn't had taglachas yet, I agree with you. But once he's had taglachas, I disagree. So he says like this. So I'm a lay. Modina loch. I do agree with you. Benazir shemechusa taglachas. If he's still on the seventh day, did not have his taglachas yet. So then you're right. He's still considered mechuskas tuma. But if you're already at taglachas, then he's already shifted into cheskas tahara. So I'm a lay rava. So rava responded back to him. I guess maybe rava is retracting a little bit or hearing exactly what rava amnuna has to say. So he says, and I agree with you. Av ana modina loch, but ose pesach. I am to agree with you that the person that sprinkled on the third day and on the seventh day and the and 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 he and he eats to bring his car, and he wants to bring his carbon pesach. Is that person really, even though he became tomei with the tumas on the seventh day? But that person really also is shifted from once he got sprinkled on day seven. He's already shifted. To his cheskas tahara as well. So he says, I also agree with you. So let's, let's step back of you. So Rav and Rav Amnuna seem to be now agreeing on the same page. If on day seven, whether it's the Nazir who became Tomei, or whether it is the uh, a person who needs to bring the carbon Pesach, if these two individuals on the Nazir already had his taglachas, and the, car, the guy who's bringing the car has already had his zrika. They went to the mikvah. The only thing they're lacking is Herav Shemesh. We already have shifted them from a cheskes tumah to a cheskes tahara. And that's why they're impervious to the... Uh, they don't get affected negatively by the tumas at home. So comes along Abaya. Abaya says, but the fact that they need Herav Shemesh... Shouldn't that mean they still are residually tomate? If they still residually tomate, they should not have been shifted yet... To the tuma uh, to to tahara. That's Abayas kasha. So Amale Abaya. He says vaham mechuser herev shemesh. They're mechuser herev shemesh, and therefore what? So the morning said an interesting svara. Amale. So anyways, Rav Amnunas is back to Abaya. He says shimsha memela arvo. He says that no, since the shemesh comes on its own, it's a, you have to, you're passive. You don't need any outside intervention. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to go to the mikvah. You don't have to get sprinkled. It's something that happens on its own. Therefore, since it hap- something happens on its own, we don't look at that as a chisoron in your cheskes tahara. Interesting svara. It's saying is that something that you don't have to do anything about. Therefore, we can already view you as out of your cheskes tumah and more into your I, it's true. Technically, you're a mechusser, you're, you're a tvul yoyim. A tvul yoyim has certain dinim tumah. But legabe, the big picture, since it's something that's happening automatically, we view you legabe tumas atahom as being in a cheskes tahara and not being in a cheskes tumah. Now, says the Gemara like this, Ve'af Abaya Haderbe. We're going to see that even though Abaya initially held that being a mechusser, uh, 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 that the hair of Shemesh is not enough to take you out of your cheskes tahara, it's still considered to be like you're in your state of tumah, Abaya changed his tune. Abaya himself retracted and held that no, that if all you're missing is hair of shemesh, you're, you're considered to be, has a, like you completed the process of tahara. You complete the process of Tahara, and therefore you can say Bechazkas Tahara Bechazkas Now, where do we see Abaya change his mind? So let's just get this, let's, let's just get set this up right before we see it inside. The din is like this. The din is that if a person has a Zachar 
so uh, let, let's go with the case of uh, uh, your lettuce nakeva, because that's the case that we're dealing with here. A woman that has a birth, and she gives birth to a nakeva. So the din is that as uh, uh, postpartum, after her birth, for the first 14 days, she's considered completely tamea. She's considered completely tamea. Now, what happens is that after the 14 days, which is completely tamea, the next 66 days... She's considered to be a tful yoyim. What that means, the next 66 days, technically what should happen, what should happen is she should go to the mikvah after day 14. And then for the next 66 days, she's got a residual tumah, but it's not a high-level tumah, it's a low-level tumah. She's, she's allowed to resume relations with her husband. And she's allowed to eat, I think, Maisa Shani she's allowed to eat. The only thing is, she's not allowed to come into contact with Truma and Kachim. What happens is, on day 81, she brings Korbanus. And then when she brings Korbanus on day 81, that is 66 days later, then she becomes completely Tahar. That's her, she's reached her Tahar, she's completely Tahar. But that, those 66 days is considered to be like a, uh, a Tvul Yom. It's like waiting for the hair of Shemesh of day 81. That's it. Now, the Rush points out, and the reason why he points this out is so you don't understand the, the Gemara at the end. He says that Bidyevet, if she didn't go to the mikvah on day 14, she can still go to the mikvah on day 81, and then day 81 will be the hair of Shemesh. She'll have to wait till the evening of day 81. Technically, so either she go on day fourteen to the mikvah, or she could go on day eighty-one if she didn't go on day fourteen. What? In between, it's still the same sixty-six days. You still have it now. <coughs> what happens like this? Because she can resume relations, what we're going to see that the din is going to come out that if she resumed relations and then she miscarried with a fetus that was at least forty days old. So you have the situation like this, that on day 14, she, day 15, she starts having relations with her husband. So it could come 40 days later, which is before the 66, she has a miscarriage. The halacha is going to be as long as that miscarriage is within the time period before she was high of her carbon on day 81, Right, even though it's going to push everything forward now, because now it comes out that she needs another 14 days and another 66 days, she can potter, she does not have to bring for the second miscarriage, the, the, for the miscarriage that came after the birth, the, the, that first miscarriage after the birth does not need its own set of carbonus, she can uh, knock off two birds with one stone. Right? She can use one set of korbanas. Now, the question that Gemara is going to be dealing with, what happens if, just keep the track over here, what happens if she has a second miscarriage that's within the 81 days of the first miscarriage, but it's outside of the 81 days birth. of the birth? What's going to be the halach over there? Does she need two korbanas, one for the first miscarriage, one for the first birth, which covers the first miscarriage, but the second miscarriage is going to need its own carbonus. Or do we say that no, since the bottom line is it's all within the time frame of the carbonus that had to be brought, because since the, when she miscarried, it pushed the time further another uh, 81 days, so therefore it's still considered within the Yemei Melos, within the completion days, not past the completion days, and therefore she only still have to bring one carbon for all three events. And that's going to be the halacha. The it, it, that's going to be the halacha. Now let's read this inside. So one says like this. 
<coughs> so Gemara says, Av, Abai, Ahadur, Abai, we're going to bring a Rai that he also considered a Tvul, a, a, a tvul Yom that needs Herav Shemesh as not a, a lack of, her, of the person's Tahara. It's considered like the person's completed already. Because the sign you will learn in Abai, says, Yom Alos Tavi, that if on the day 81 she miscarried, so there was already, already a, the Chiyuv of Korbanus already became realized the morning of the 81st day, and then she miscarries after the morning, before even the Korbanus were brought, but it doesn't matter. Since the Korbanus, the Chiyuv of Korbanus already became realized on day 81, the miscarriage now cannot be included in the first 81 days, so she has to bring another set of Korbanus for what? For, miscar- miscar- for the miscarriage. But anything before day 81, if she miscarries, then what? Lo tavi. She doesn't have to bring another set of korbanos, only one set. Now, yachol lo tavi melos. Now, you might think that she doesn't have to bring on any type of birth or miscarry that is before the melos, before day 81. Aval melos. But maybe she has to bring, if miscarriage number two, happens after the melos of later number one. Maybe you would have to bring, for miscarriage number two, you would have to also bring a uh, separate set of korbanas. But tipater, uh, the, the words tipater mishteim really have no meaning here. So you could take, just scratch those words. The Roshon will take it out. All right? Talmud Lomar, no, that's what the is saying. Uva melos yamei tahara. Is that, melos yamei tahara is, uh, melos tavi. Only if it's on the yom melos of the, after all of the days, should he, would you have to bring. But if it's, if, even if the, uh, yom melos, that even if the uh, second miscarriage is past the first later, but it's within the melos of the second miscarriage, it's still, of the first miscarriage, it still does not require a separate set of korbanas. So melos you may tahara, but your melos tavi, toch melos la tavi. Okay, and that's, that's the ruling. Now what does this have to do with anything here? So I'm a rav, uh, a rav ka, uh, uh, so therefore, so, uh, so, so I'm sorry. Melos you may tahara, one second, Talmud Lomar, melos you may tahara, but your melos tavi, toch melos lo tavi. So, uh, uh, so, so, so Rav Kahana explained. He's saying is that that th- that the reason is that you don't have to bring even on the second miscarriage. You don't have to bring a separate set of korbanis, even though it's past the melos of the leda. Because it's still mechusa carbon. Because you still cannot bring the carbon for the first later. Why can't you bring the... Even it's past A81 from the first later, you can't bring... Because since it had to get pushed forward, so anything that happens before the chiv of the carbonus of the first carbon is all considered besoch melos and not considered beyond melos, and therefore the second miscarriage does not have to have its own separate carbonus. One second, one second, one second, one second. Wait, wait, wait. So why is it like this? So Amar Avkana, Shani Yachad, the Mechzer carbon is that since it's Mechzer carbon so therefore, even though it's born, the, the, the miscarriage happens on day 81, let's say, but it's still, it's still missing the concept of carbon which has not been chal yet, because it's been pushed further. So, so the Gemara asked the question. This is the Gemara's question now. Lechora, in the regular case, was only one miscarriage. So we said that in the case where it's one miscarriage and the the uh, 
the, the person gave birth, as long as there's something missing, it's considered like the process was not over. And if the process is not over, you consider it to be part of that first process. So we said that if, in the first case, the miscarriage happened on day 81, so miscarriage happened on day 81, it's too late. That's already the process is over, because the chiv already, the carbon has already been realized, and it's already considered like a new process, you have to bring a new set of korbanas. Ask the Gemara, because I told you, the Rosh says, you don't have to actually get take, go to the mikvah on day 14. You could even go to the mikvah on day 81. Now, if you go to the mikvah on day 81, you still have to wait for Herav Shemesh. So what I'm saying is, Lechora, why don't we say that the process is not over, even though the concept of korbanas has been realized, but since you need to have Herav Shemesh on day 81, why doesn't the Herav Shemesh make it as if the the process is not over yet, and therefore what any miscarriage that happened on day 81 should still be included in the first process. So what is a by answer to that? So when it says, I lechora, so now, when we say, no, arva, since Herav Shemesh happens on its own, so it's true on day 81, you might have to wait till Herav Shemesh, but that's not enough to say that the process wasn't completed. What do you see? Abaya himself retracted from his position before, that since Herav Shemesh happens on its own, it's never considered enough to make you con- part of the original process. It's like the original process has already been completed. Okay, gentlemen, Stop over here. Yeah, for uh, for four hair damage, it's like Cheska or something. It's Cheska's.